0: Hello, my name is Eva, and I love to read, especially this story, The Little Match Girl, by Hans Christian Andersen. This fairy tale is written by the 19th century Danish author Hans Christian Andersen, or as they say in Danish, Hans Christian Andersen, and it was first published in 1845. Now, in order to talk about this poignant story, I will have to dive into spoilers. But this fairy tale is 200 years old and so well known all over the world that I will dare to tell the story in its length. And even if this is the first time you're hearing about this short story, I would highly recommend that you either read the original fairy tale or see the 2006 animated version. The Little Match Girl takes place in an unnamed city. hence, Christian Andersen later wrote that he wished for the story to transcend countries so that any child, any adult, anywhere might imagine that the story took place in their golden city. The Little Match Girl is an impoverished child, barefoot and clad only in a thin dress and threadbare shawl who walks around on a New Year's Eve trying to sell a bundle of matches to rich, well-fed passers-by who completely ignore her. I remember seeing this scene in an early animated film, and this particular scene where the little match girl tries in vain to catch the attention of the busy people absolutely broke me. Not just a matter of tears in my eyes, I remember how I wept. Late in the evening, when there are no more people miling around, the exhausted little match girl finds shelter from the snow in a narrow alleyway, far too frightened to return home, as she knows that her father will beat her for not having sold any matches. To counter the cold, the little match girl lights a match, and in the glow of the flame, she sees a vision of a warm iron stove. The vision disappears as a flame dies out, and eager to hold on to her vision, the little match girl lights another match, and then another, and then another. For each flame that glows, she sees beautiful visions of a Christmas tree, of a roast, and a dinner table with food and happy faces. In the sky above her, she suddenly sees a bright shooting star, and lighting the last match, she sees a glorious vision of her late grandmother, the only person who ever treated her with kindness and love. In the morning, passers-by find the little match girl, frozen to death, and the fairy tale ends with these words. The New Year's sun rose upon a little figure. The child sat there, stiff and cold, holding the matches of which one bundle was almost burned. She wanted to warm herself, the people said with pity, yet no one imagined what beautiful things she had seen and how happily she had gone with her old grandmother into the bright new year. In the animated version I saw as a child, the passers-by who find the little match girl are the same people who had ignored her the evening before, and for some reason I found that even more tragic. This fairy tale is unusual in having such an ending, that on the surface seems deeply tragic. But numerous Aniston scholars point to another interpretation which highlights the fact That while we as a reader might think this is sorrowful, the little match girl finds true happiness in that last vision in which she sees her grandmother in the glow reaching out to her and taking her hand. The fairy tale is written with an abundance of flowery language, but the story itself is straightforward. And there is no doubt that it is a tale of the suffering of underprivileged children. In this, this tale mirrors the London stories of Charles Dickens, whom Anneson greatly admired. The Little Match Girl was written in the tail end of what came to be known as the Danish Golden Age, a time period that spans roughly from 1800 to 1850. It was a cultural age defined by romanticism and romantic thinking. And hence Christian Andersen's romantic leanings do shine through in the language. But he brushes up against the emerging cultural movement known as realism. And this is evident in the depiction of the plight of the little match girl, whom he purposefully leaves unnamed as just another victim of poverty. So, outwardly, the little match girl is just another anonymous face. But Anason would remind us that even the humblest being has an inner life as worthy and as rich as the wealthiest. And perhaps this humblest of being must depend on their inner life far more than others. For the little match girl imagines wonders while the people who find her the next day only imagine the prosaic, that she wished to warm herself, and they do not see the smile on her frozen features. Selling matches on the streets of a city was an occupation in the 19th century, one that was done by children on the lowest step of the societal ladder. This is realism. But Aniston blends it seamlessly with romantic symbolism. For just as we read that her feet were red and blue with cold, we are also told that she saw that the many candles on the Christmas tree rose higher and higher through the air, and she saw that they had now turned into bright stars. So in this context, I would point at two themes of this fairy tale. These themes are memory and unhappy children. The little match girl would rather face the bitter cold than go home to an angry and abusive father. This was a recurring theme with Hans Christian Andersen, and one can imagine that he took inspiration partly from his own unhappy childhood, spent with a strict and unforgiving father who found it very difficult to show warmth to others. The little match girl seeks small moments of happiness where she can find it, and there is great symbolism in seeing her heart's desires in a warming flame. But realism kicks in all too quickly, for a flickering flame will die out and take with it the frail life lived in the cold. All through this, the little match girl tries and sometimes finds sustenance in her memories. She had, the previous year, glimpsed a beautiful Christmas tree through the open doors of a rich merchant's house, but on this New Year's Eve, she sees in her own vision a Christmas tree far more glorious. And it is the loving memories of her grandmother that cause her to see her own grandmother reaching out to her. It was in fact her grandmother who had told her that a shooting star meant that someone was being carried to heaven. And shortly after seeing a shooting star, her grandmother takes her hand in the vision and guides her to the stars and presumably to heaven. So, in this passage, the religious overtones are quite evident, without being overt, and the main point is the promise of the sweet hereafter as a reward for the burdens of the world. While this is a fairy tale, I don't think it is such a tale to tell children just before bed. I do think, though, that children will understand and will empathize with the message, just as adults will imagine and wonder. It is a story best read aloud and with ample time on your hands. Hence, Christian Andersen's words fall gently like soft falling snow, and you may read the fairy tale for the beauty of the cadence and flow of the sentences, for the penmanship is remarkable not least because this story though written for the heart is still devoid of that sticky over-trite melodrama that it so easily could have been overripe with the little match girl by hans christian andersen is not just a beautiful read it is for my part an essential tale i hope you liked this episode if yes please leave a like as it really helps with the podcast getting noticed in the algorithms. Until next time, I have been Eva and thanks so much for listening.